10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. I'm going to get right out of the way today. I have one of my favorite guests back on the show, and I want to give him as much time as I possibly can with everything that's going on right now. So sit back, relax. You don't even have to kick your shoes off before you put your feet up on the table here in the Treehouse of Liberty. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is my high honor and distinct privilege to welcome back to the Treehouse of Liberty podcast, Mr. Richard Rowland. Rich, how you been doing, sir? What's up, brother? Good to hear from you. Man, it's an honor to talk to you. We've been trying to put this together for a little while now. So, ladies and gentlemen, if this doesn't seem quite as timely as it could, that's definitely my fault. And I'm glad Rich has stayed on me because I always like having him on the show and getting his perspective on things. And let's start here, brother. What in the heck happened with this election? I mean, it, well, uh, go ahead, buddy. I'll tell you, it's it's a, a real night, nightmare from start to finish. I, I believe what I think has happened in America, and this is just again an opinion based on observation. What we're basically seeing at this point is, I think, an erosion of freedom and an erosion, truthfully, of uh, the illusion. Actually, the illusion of freedom that's being created. I think that I think that what's happening is the best way that the that the powers that be can can take away our freedom is give us the illusion of choice. This is one of the things that's been going on for years. And a lot of times we've sat and watched the candidates on both sides, whether you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, capitalist, socialist, you know, whatever, red team, blue team. Listen, you know how I feel about that, Jason. We've talked about that endlessly. All I right. think there are two sides of the same coin. I think the issues that div- that that make us similar are, are definitely, you know, stronger than the ones that divide us as Americans. But again, when it comes to our politics, I think the illusion of choice that we have is the true erosion of our freedom. And, and I'll explain that, what that means in my, in my humble opinion. I believe what's happened is, and, and it starts with the tremendous, and, I, and I'm certainly not a person that believes that people shouldn't be rewarded for success, but when you're talking about us as an empire, as an empire that we are, you know, empires fall because of greed and corruption. Those are the two fundamental elements that cause every empire to collapse, be it Britain, be it Rome. You could go down the list. I mean, they fall for the same reasons. And and really, what's happened here that a lot of people that don't understand economics, you know, we we're, we're told that everything's great in our country financially because the stock market's doing so well. Here's a statistic that people have to get with. 83% of the stocks that are on the on the on the in Wall Street, 83% of the stocks are owned by 1% of the population. 83%. So when the stock market's doing well, the 1% is doing well. The amount that people actually have, people that buy a few stocks here and there, a few penny stocks, maybe you have a 401k that's got diversification and has some stock market play, you're benefiting small amounts, much smaller than certainly anybody anybody in that in that class. Here's the thing that really kind of hits home. It's not even so much the 1%. The gulf that exists now today is the super wealth. And again, we're talking about the wealthiest one-tenth of 1%. 
they're what I refer to as the corporatocracy. And what I mean by that is wealthy Fortune 500 corporations, politicians are basically working together to control just about everything. And, and, the, and the truth of the matter is they're controlling the wealth of our nation. You're talking about 83% of the Wall Street of Wall Street is owned, physically owned by 1% of our population. And probably a much greater percentage of that is that wealthiest one-tenth of 1%. When you're talking about our nation's wealth as a whole, including the stock market, 1% of our population owns more than half this nation's wealth. And it's the same story there. The wealthiest one-tenth of 1%, the ones that represent the true corporatocracy that exists in our country today, they own a, major, a much greater majority of that huge amount. So truthfully, the illusion of choice that we're given in this country is very simple. There's – with all the money that's in politics, and we know – you know, Jason, there's billions in politics. Right. These candidates are, are beholden to serve those with money. Obviously, if money is what controls politics, lobbying in the millions, you know, we had with Obama, with the Obama election, first election, we had our first billion dollar election. And so with that said, you know, you're talking about how can how can it even be by the people and for the people with that much money involved and the money being so dramatically controlled by the smallest population imaginable? I, I think so what with- I I think what I'd counter that with, Rich, is, you know, we just came through four years of Trump presidency. This was a guy who didn't need to take a salary and didn't, who wasn't beholden to any special interest, who apparently was elected by a grassroots movement, you know, that put him in the White House that the first time we've truly had an outsider in the White House. Now, you talk about wealth, and he does have that. It was a distinct advantage over most people that one would run for president. He was able to finance a lot of that on his own. But I think that was also a good thing because he wasn't beholden to those special interests. And as you were talking, I, I agree with so much of what you said. Um, it is definitely frustrating that it is such a tiny fraction that owns that much of the stock market. However, we talked about this the other day. You know, My dad was a union electrician. He did very well for himself. He by no means was extremely wealthy, but he did very well. You know, He's 70 years old. He's got a paid-off house. He's got two paid-off cars from your dealership, by the way. Um, he's got a brand-new 2020 uh, mid-engine Corvette, the first one they've ever built. And he's sitting on top of, I'm not even going to say how much money. You know, this was somebody who invested and made most of his wealth in the stock market. And he did very well for himself. Now, as you said when we talked about it the first time, for every one of those, there's a story on the opposite end. And there absolutely is. I mean, there's a yin to every yang. We know that for sure. But as you were talking about that, I kept thinking, what about Trump? What about Trump? If this tiny fraction of people controls so much of what happens in this country... How in the world did a man that the establishment hates as much as they hate him get elected president and do the things that he did? I, I think I, that's a great question. I think largely when I believe that the person let – me, let me explain this to you, and this might give you kind of an insight as to why maybe he got elected what he did. I think, I think what happens is, is this super elite in our society – I think they pick a candidate from each side of the aisle. But keep in mind, these candidates serve one purpose, and that's to maintain the power and wealth of this of this elite group. That's their sole purpose. They exist for no other reason. 
if, if we pick up, you know, a, a few things here and there, if we pick up scraps from the table, that's fine. We get the scrap. But the, what these people truly exist for, and Trump included, they are there for one reason. They are there because whatever they had to offer would serve the wealthiest one, this wealthiest one-tenth of one percent exclusively and over all things. If, if we picked up scraps from the table as a result of whatever those things were, hey, you know what? Congratulations to the guy that has the Corvette. He, he did. Great. But disproportionately, it works the other way. I will say this. This is how I vision the election, and this is this is kind of my conspiratorial mind. You and I both have one of those, right? So sometimes sometimes we're different, but I think this is how I view it. Okay, I think the corporatocracy, this wealthiest one tenth of one percent, basically puts two candidates up in front of the American people, representing two teams, largely divided by social issues and largely given given these labels that fuel us and get us ramped up to, to basically fight the good fight. In other words, you got one guy who's, you know, they, they, they say he's a liberal, he's a conservative, he's a socialist, he's a capitalist, he's a, he's pro-gun, he's anti-gun, he's pro-defense, he's anti-war, he's, you know, pro-abortion, he's, he's pro, he's pro-choice, you know, back and forth on these social issues. And, and ultimately they're given labels, red team, blue team, you know, the donkey versus the elephant. We love our sports and we love our teams and we love to root for the other, root for us against the other guy. So they fuel this. So they put these two candidates up that seem so diametrically opposed on the surface. But the one thing that unites these two candidates is they will, without question, serve this wealthiest 1% exclusively to the detriment of the American people, if, if, if need be. And, and, and the proof is definitely there for that. However, I will say this. As the election process goes on, and remember, the only reason Donald Trump and the only reason Joe Biden were in the positions they were in to be the president is because those were the candidates the media gave us, who was also controlled by the same group. They were the candidates that were put in front of us. And to think that one of them was some grassroots kind of love the, love the, love the American truckers and love the, you know, eating in diners, eating in greasy spoons, to think that, you know, that gentleman – may have portrayed that but on the flip side of that he was an anti you know he was about the little guy absolutely wrong they were there for one reason they both would serve the same masters in the end i think as the election went on we we got ramped up fighting each other and that's what we did we fought we antifa fights the proud boys red team fights the blue team it's ideology versus ideology so the american people are fighting each other which is another thing that they want to happen. Here, if they're if we're, if we're fighting each other, it's kind of like if we're fighting each other in the front of the house, they can come in the back of the house and rob us. Right, I understand. So, Here, so, so just to, just to finish this up real quick. So, as, as the process is going on, the election process is going on. This this wealthiest one tenth of one percent is deciding which candidate of the two that will serve them will even serve them better than the other, and that's the candidate that's going to win. Whether they have to find the hundred thousand votes, whether they have to even tell you they found the hundred thousand votes, right. they can put a they can put a digital score up on Fox News and say he's the winner. What can you do about it? Let's let's recount. Let's recount. How did the recounts work, by the way? How did all the investigations work, by the way? How did all that work? It right. didn't work because right. because the man they wanted to run this country was Joe Biden for a reason that we don't understand, but we don't have to understand. You know why? Because we're not them, and that's and that's what's happened. The illusion of choice. The illusion of choice has created the illusion of freedom, and and you might as well take your ballot and throw it in the trash 
it's a symbolic gesture at best at this point. So here, here's here's the problem I have with that, and you already know what I've gonna, I'm going to say because we've talked about this a number of times. Basically, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but where you're coming from is that there is this elite one-tenth of one percent that actually runs everything, and the president essentially says, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Sure. Okay. The, the problem that I have with that, and now I, I fully grant that I will never be in that 1%, let alone that one-tenth of 1%, but to say that these elections don't matter, I have to completely disagree with that because you look at some of the, the simpler issues that have directly affected my life. Yes, the 1% has done better. Yes, the one-tenth of 1% has done better. But 86% of us got a tax cut while Trump was president of the United States. Gas right. prices were cheap. I mean, dirt cheap. We became energy independent. We don't have to send our kids, or we didn't until recently, don't have to send our kids to die in oil wars in the Middle East, which we've also talked about a thousand times. You know, sure. we got three vaccines to market faster than any other single vaccine in the history of the planet. You know, which my girlfriend, who works in a state hospital, fortunately has gotten both of her doses. And, you know, she's immune to it as far as we know. You know, it's like this president actually did major concrete things that did benefit little people directly. You know, I got that tax cut. It was cheaper sure. for me to drive to work. You know, so it's like you can say, yes, that one-tenth of one percent, you know, is just continuing to accumulate wealth. But the man in front of the curtain made my life better. I mean, directly absolutely. made my personal life better. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I did, well, I did well with him. But I'll say this. Everything that you said is true. Everything that you said happened. Everything you said were, were successes for him. And they benefited us. Just to be taken away now four years later. Why? Because there's no rationale as to why this man, after 47 years in, in public office and has accomplished nothing – basically can't complete a sentence and is and is completely diametrically opposed to just about every american when it comes to social values right this this man is president of the united states so what what was given to you will now be taken from you and it will be taken from you because this wealthiest one-tenth of one percent has decided that this has to happen what i'm saying is it's not so much the successes that happen under one president or another both controlled by the same power they can take you create your own destiny, not anymore. This country used to be a place where you could build your, you could build based on hard work, integrity, doing all the right things, making all the right moves. Jason, if you become super successful, it's because of your work, not because of who's in power. But I will say this, I will say this, they can set the system where everything that just happened that was good just got eclipsed. This man went from being literally, I'm going to say this, I, you know me, and we've talked about this too, Donald Trump is a social disaster. I think he's about as diplomatic as a can of Spam. And yeah, he's no Ronald Reagan. But I will say this, he did accomplish a lot of good things, and, and I benefited just like you. But when the wealthiest 1% ignored that and allowed this to happen, because it, and the only reason it happens is because it benefits them, not us. They you know, can take away whenever they choose, whatever they give, and we don't have the power. We we are not the majority does not rule, and this is and this is and this is what's really happened. The illusion of choice is eroding the illusion of freedom. We we are given our choices for reasons, and sometimes the one that gets selected by them to be the president, not our votes, 
benefits us, and sometimes it benefits others. There's going to be plenty of people living in the inner city, living off social welfare and other programs that are going to benefit tremendously over the next four years. Right. That's not going to be hard. That's not going to be us. So, so for whatever, and then then something will happen to take from them. When you have a system that that is controlled by that small percentage. You know, it does not benefit the 99%, and that's what has to happen. There has to be some level, and I'm not talking about income redistribution. I'm talking about a system that allows people to become that 1% more more effectively. You are seeing less and less rags to riches stories. You are seeing that it is it is becoming cemented now. You have you have this gulf now. The gulf between the the wealthiest, the super wealth, is is changing. Changing the, the board, and, the, and this is what happens in every empire. This is what happens in every empire. I'm not. I think Donald Trump did great things. I think he brought some great things to the table. I think his outside the box thinking and his and his business mentality did very well. You know, I, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't. I, I wish he was. I wish he was more more of a statesman. I wish he was more of a combination of John Kennedy and so. And I, Ronald, I have and to stop Reagan, you but, there. I ha- I have to stop you there, and I apologize. No, not at all. What? What else could he have done to be considered a statesman? You look at four peace deals that he got in the Middle East. There's peace in the Middle East right now. Jimmy Carter worked yeah. his entire life. And Jimmy Carter was a horrible president. I think Jimmy Carter is the best man yeah. to ever hold the office. Great person. He spent his sure. entire life working for peace in the Middle East. Donald Trump did it in four years. Got four peace yeah. deals done with countries that want Israel wiped off the map. You know, you look at Vladimir Putin taking Crimea from Ukraine when Obama was president. Did we even, besides the bullcrap made up, you know, Trump is a a puppet of Vladimir Putin. Did we hear Putin's name at all? You know, he didn't do anything. You know, and and, and Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-whoever, whichever one's there now. I think it's Kim Jong-un. Um, you know, he was lobbing missiles over our allies pretty much daily when Obama was president. You know, Trump goes over there. Obama had said, you can't negotiate with a madman. Trump goes, all right, cool, dude. Watch this. Goes over there, negotiates with him, and he's quiet. You know, he is not the traditional type of statesman. He is not one of those people that's polished and well-spoken. But just like he was in his personal life and will be again he was one of those people that was effective in terms of diplomacy sure. and i think that matters <clears throat> yeah i think you're right and i and i think i think the thing that i i look at when it comes to a statement i think i look for those ethical qualities that that kind of and, and again i i mean you know the this this the scandals that are long and hard for him i mean i i i guess i guess i don't want my president to be you know i don't want my i don't want my son you know, to come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, you see the porn star Donald Trump was banging." Yeah, I mean, that's not my thing. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, that that right. to me that that to me is what I meant. Being yeah. a statesman means more than just making deals. It, it's more about an ethical way you carry. And he's just not that guy. And that's okay. He's not Ronald Reagan. And I and I'm not looking to him to be. And I'm not looking for. I'm certainly not thinking Joe Biden, Sean Kennedy. But but what I am what I am saying is this. What I am saying is this. I I think in in, in many respects, I think we have. More so now than ever in this election, when you're staring, when you're staring at a man that's accomplished these things and the media turned him into mush and destroyed all of his accomplishments and puts and puts in front of the American people 47 years of epic failure. (laughs) And that man and that man mysteriously is collecting hundreds of thousands of mail in votes and becomes a president. And on all these investigations. 
elections are thwarted and he's throwing lawyers at it and they're, and they're getting thrown down and people are getting pushed out. Of it. No, we're not looking at this. No, we're not looking anymore. No, right. we refuse to look. There is, there's a, there is an absolute erosion, an erosion of everything, of everything that this country was built on and its founding. It, it's, it's so far away from the founding fathers now that it's destined to fall. It's just, and again, I, I'm a, you and I've talked about this too. You know, you cannot have this big a gulf in our economy between the haves and have nots and, and have a successful, and have a successful society. I'm not saying you give the have nots enough to become haves. Right. I'm saying you give them the framework to which to achieve that. When you have, when you have candidates that are only standing in front of you, because the media put them there because they were told to and paid to by the corporations that are run and owned and operated by these wealthiest one-tenth of one percent. And all we do is fight the red versus blue battle, my team, your team, and we, and we focus on this, and they're allowed to continue to control everything on the chessboard. Listen, there was a time when Wall Street lifted, Main Street lifted. Let me tell you. There has never been a gulf between Main Street and Wall Street. How is Wall Street? Listen, we have a, a record unemployment through COVID, correct? Right. Unemployment was catastrophic. The middle class was eviscerated in unemployment and layoffs and businesses collapsing and businesses going under. So, I mean, everything from restaurants to hotels, you name it, right? It's all collapsing. Business owners, small businesses are falling underneath underneath heel. But get this, the stock market never higher. Now you can't tell me this is this is another symptom of what I'm saying. The wealthiest one percent are benefiting. Main Street's collapsing. Wall Street is slamming. And the, and there was a time when when Wall Street went up, everybody had enough in the 401ks in their investments. Companies were taking care of people enough that they would lift a little. They're not going to lift like John Rockefeller. They're not going to lift like J.P. Morgan. Right. But they're going to lift enough to feel it, right? Well, guess what? Nobody's feeling it. People lost businesses. People were laid off. People were unemployed for record amounts of time. Mortgages had to be forestalled. Car loans had to be forgiven. Everything was – the economy was in shambles, yet the stock market was in record highs. Why do you think that is? Because Main Street and Wall Street are two different places. 99% of us hang out on Main Street. 1% of us hang out on Wall Street. When, when those two are so diametrically opposed, it spells disaster. It spells absolute disaster because it's built on a foundation of greed and corruption. Because, again, you're talking about a system that puts our candidates in front of us that decide our fate. And if those candidates are paid for by the 1%, the 99% do not have a chance. And that's and that's where we've that's the erosion. The illusion of the illusion of choice has created the erosion of freedom. And wanna, that is the, I'm sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Now I, I want to take you before we run out of time here. I want to take you to a different side of the same coin. I know you to be a constitutionalist just like I am. And yeah. we have seen the erosion of those rights, I think, during the course of, course of COVID. I can almost talk. I sound like Joe Biden. Over the course of COVID, <laughs> we've, we've seen those rights, I think, certainly eviscerated more than we have in any other point in our lifetime. 
Um, you know, there is no private property anymore. You know, when the government can come in and close your, your business, there is no civil liberty anymore when a government can choose an article of clothing that everybody has to wear. Where, how does, how does the erosion of civil liberties fit into the economic things that are taking place right now? Are they completely separate from each other? Are they one and the same coin? Or are they maybe being used to control us even more to further benefit that one-tenth of one percent? I think I think a lot of the civil liberties and the issues like wearing a mask and not wearing a mask and things like that. I think they're used as litmus tests, litmus tests for the bigger things. Yeah. I think that a lot of time, you know, it's like dipping your toe in the water. Let's take this from them. It's not that it's not as huge a deal as taking this from them. But you know what? We'll get to see how how they react. So when we do take that from them, we'll be able to predict the reaction better. It's yeah. I, I believe that eventually, you know, if they can if they can do what they did in this last election. And, and absolutely, when when I, I watched, I'll just say that I'll get I'll answer your question. I promise. But I watched I watched Donald Trump's accomplishments completely be eclipsed, and he got turned into the most vilified, racist piece of trash that ever existed. Despite any accomplishment he had, he was the worst. He was the worst of the worst. He was Adolf Hitler and Mussolini were all rolled into one. Yeah. And I watched this happen to him, and I said to myself, you know, it's it's there's there's no there's no when there's literally no reason for the season, you have to think you have your corruption your your whole corruption alarm bells have to go on. Right. I mean, Joe Biden. Joe Biden was not the best man for the job. He just wasn't the Adolf Hitler and Mussolini that they made Trump out to be. So obviously, he's the guy to vote for. Right. Again, why did that happen, Jason? Because for some reason that we don't know. The wealthiest one tenth of one percent, the political corrupt corporatocracy that exists, one hundred percent wanted Joe Biden to be the man for the next four years because whatever he's going to do, that he's going to be told to do, whatever he is going to do, it's scripted for him. He doesn't make these decisions. Again, right? They put him in power. They're going to tell him what to do. Whatever he does, it's going to be what they want him to do. All right. Now to answer your question, I believe the civil liberties issues have have reached far-reaching consequences i believe that they again if they can take away your your rights to wear this or do that they can take away it'll, it'll be easier when they when they foreclose and take property take bank accounts take things like that you know here's an issue you know you're talking about you're talking about you know a system where eventually they're going to be able to wipe out bank accounts with a keystroke. I mean, you realize only 3% of our money supply exists in physical form. And with no gold to back this up, the only thing that makes our economy flows, debt is money in our economy. The only way that they can, the only way they can have money are loans. So loans and interest payments are the only loans and interest payments and debt are the only thing that this economy stands on. So, so really all this money that exists, all this money that exists, can be wiped out with a keystroke. Right. I mean, your your money. If you had three million dollars in a local bank, you couldn't go collect it. Right. They'd have to. They have to say we don't have enough money. They'll, they'll tell you we don't have enough money yet. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Where's what, my money? It was it funny too exist. because I was listening to uh, a story on Bitcoin today, and I thought, you know, Bitcoin sounds all well and good until you realize that you don't have anything to physically hold on to. And I actually stopped no. my own thinking and went, wait a minute, my paycheck just got direct deposited. 
You know, when I go online, yeah. it says I have X amount of dollars. You know, those X amount of dollars are not in my hand. I don't have that money. And really, when you get down to it, even though, you know, I can go to my bank and I can get most of that money out, or in my case, all of that money out, um, you know, it's really not that much different than Bitcoin. So it's like I find myself right. in the same position. You know, I was thinking, oh, wow, you know, there's people trading electronic money. Boy, that's really stupid. And I went, hold on a minute. You know, it's kind of like that light bulb over my head kind of moment. Yeah. But, you know, and it is it is terrifying to me that, sure. you know, on so many levels, we're essentially screwed. You know, I mean, it's like whether you want to talk about, like you said, and I have much more. I think I have much more reason to believe that Joe Biden is a puppet than Donald Trump was. You know, at yeah. least Trump could articulate the things that he wanted to do and he would take action to make them happen. I think Biden is benefiting from what you alluded to earlier. He's more of a quote unquote statesman. He looks good. He says the right thing. You know, he looks like everybody's favorite uncle. You know, um, most people know him to over most of his career, I would think, to have been fairly moderate. Um, you know, and I look at him as more of a figurehead. I think the plan was always let's get Kamala in there. You know, Nancy Pelosi's already started the 25th Amendment Commission, whatever the hell she thinks that's going to be, you know, to and she's going to remove him in six months. Let's let's be honest. Sure. She's going to remove him. Kamala's going to be the president. Nancy Pelosi is going to be our vice president. You know, they've already got the House and the Senate. They're going to pack the court. And at that point, I, you and I are basically done. You yeah. know, even and, if they don't get do, to us. And what you're going to see, Jay, what you're going to see, and this is this, this is this is loops back to the original point that I had. That's sad as hell. What you're going to see at the, at the end of this, at the end of the day, we will be done. Much of the 99 percent will be done. And I guarantee when it's all said and done, whatever happens, that seems horrific to us sitting on Main Street. The, the, the wealthiest one percent will benefit tremendously by whatever happens. And this is and this is really this is really the nuts and bolts of what I'm saying. Why will America fall? Why will America collapse? It's not going to collapse. It's going to collapse because we have allowed the, the the many to be controlled by the few, the super few. You know, we've we have created the royal family inside of our country, but it's not a royal family based on bloodlines. It's a royal family based on money, and we have created our own royal family right here in America based on nothing but money and as a result of that we will be tyrannically ruled by their lackeys to government by their lackeys everywhere and this is what's going to happen you cannot allow your life your world and again what do what do we do we fight each other we we have liberal versus conservative debates and arguments we have we have capitalism versus socialism debates Proud Boys versus Antifa. You know, this is what we do. We fight all this shit out. We watch, you know, the the left, the, the supposed left gets fueled up watching MSNBC. The right gets fueled up watching Fox News. They meet on the battlefield with picket signs and, <laughs> and, and you know, and T-shirts while this created royal family robs you blind. While you're out picketing and pushing each other on the on the picket line. They're in your house taking your stuff, right. and 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 this is the this is the biggest this is this is the absolute worst worst. I mean, when they can make whole presidents whole presidents' records disappear in a cloud of media smoke, you know, like they did with Trump, mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want. This election said nothing but 
but money controls it all. When the golden rule truly becomes whoever has the gold makes the rules, you are done. You are 100% done. Rich, you know, I, I always appreciate your, your honesty and your candor. Um, and, and I'm glad you used the word tyrannically because you know exactly what the name of this podcast means. You know, it's Thomas yeah. Jefferson's quote, the tree of liberty water, from time baby. to time. Exactly. Must be watered with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And we're creeping yeah. closer towards that. I hope it doesn't happen in my lifetime, to be perfectly honest. But I'll tell you what, before we go, and we're just a little past that half hour mark, give me one reason to have hope as an American. I have hope in the American people. I was, I'm a U.S. I'm a veteran of the United States Navy, and I, and I, when I, when I went, I come from a gen, I come from a long line of military, a huge military family. I always jokingly said, I think I, when we worked together, I'm more like the Forrest Gump family. Right. I'm not Forrest Gump. I'm more like the Lieutenant Dan family. Yeah. My, my father was when I was born. I was, I was second wife, and I have a brother that's 20 years older than me. So, my grandfather I never met in World War One. Wow. My father was in World War Two and Korea. My brother was in wow. Vietnam, and I was in the Gulf. We literally have been everywhere, and, and, and you know we're we're in, we're etched, you know, in this country, military history. I mean, certainly no medals of honor, no, you know, not a huge collection of bronze stars and, and silver stars. But I will say this: we serve our country. But I, I can honestly right. say the one thing that that I think about, and what gives me hope, is the American people, the souls and. And I didn't, I didn't join the military to serve this government that I thought was crap even back then. I, I didn't serve any government. I served the American people, right. and and I and I served the, to protect the American people. It's not the country that. Listen, I'm gonna say this. It's not the flag. It's not the anthem. It's not the land. It's not the. It's not the sea to shining sea. It's the people that exist. That's what matters. Right. The hearts, the souls, the minds of the great. American people that exist in this country. That's what matters. That's what you fight for. The souls and hearts of these great people that still exist, that are still here. Listen, we can hate each other. We can we can we can scream at each other. We can get on. But you know what? If my house is burning, I'm going to have every neighbor that may not even like me with pails of water till three in the morning helping me put out my fire. Damn right. That's this. That's the United States of America, and that's what gives me hope. I know these people still exist. I know they exist. Rich, so, you, you have to forgive me for putting this off for so long. Uh, there were a lot of things that were coming up and frustrations of my own. You know, I like to be semi-professional when I'm on here, and I would get so angry watching some of the stuff that's happening that I didn't think I could do it. But I say this every time I have you. I could go another half an hour, another half an hour, another half an hour until we're falling asleep discussing these things. I always love getting the opportunity to hear from you, getting your voice on the show. Thank you so much for doing this again, brother, and we're going to have to do it again soon. I'll make sure that that happens this time. You got it. Love you, brother. Anything you need. All right. You too, brother. Thank you. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. My thanks again to Rich. I always love having him on the show. I always love to hear from you guys, too. You can get in touch with me anytime. Uh, treehouse of liberty media at gmail.com you can shoot me an email there at treehouse 1776 on twitter and the treehouse of liberty podcast page on facebook and again one of these days i will tell you how i came up with that creative name thank you so much for being here again guys i look forward to talking to you soon take care